Come on, church, clap your hands this morning. That is awesome. Man, let me be the first of many people this morning to say officially, welcome to New Life Midtown. We're so delighted that you guys are here this morning. If you're joining us online, we sure wish that you were here, but we pray today that the presence of the living God, that the resurrected Christ would come into whatever space you're inhabiting right now, and that you today would meet with the living God. This is a day of celebration, and we know that you are celebrating with us, and we are just so joyful that you're joining us today online. Thanks for being a part of our service. Guys, this has been 15 months in the making. 15 months. Actually, when I went back and I posted a little something on Facebook last night, and I went back to the exact day, which was December the 8th, 2019, we got an introduction or an invitation from Pastor Andrew. I was walking him out right there, and he said, hey, man, Pastor Brady and the senior leadership team would like to know if you guys would ever be interested in joining the New Life family. And that set us on a course of prayer, fasting, conversation, deliberation, There was so much that went into that, and we wanted to make sure before we ever brought it to the elders that this was legit in our hearts, that we sensed the wisdom and the witness of the Lord to take a step forward. And in August, we brought this to our elders, and they said, let's take another step forward. And each of those successive steps led us up to a meeting in January where we met with Pastor Brady, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Glenn, all of our elders, all of our staff. We gathered together right here in this room We prayed, we had about a three-hour conversation, and at the end of that, we said, we really feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, this is the next step for us. And you guys, I want to say a couple of things just in light of this, this merger, this marriage, this adoption. I want to speak to this here for a few minutes before we jump into the Word. The first thing I want to say is that the church of Jesus Christ belongs to Jesus Christ. In fact, when Jesus was having a conversation with some of his disciples, and he asked them, he says, who do people say that I am? And one of his bold disciples stepped up and he says, you're, you're the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. You're the promised one. You're the one that we've been waiting for. And he says, you're absolutely right. In fact, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You see, the church is a spiritual organization. It's not just a human institution. It's not just a human organization. It is a spiritual entity. It was put into the earth by the Holy Spirit. It was birthed by the very Spirit of God. And we enter into that reality by the Spirit of God. And this church belongs to Jesus. In fact, afterwards, Jesus said to Peter, and he says, listen, guys, not only has flesh and blood not revealed this to you, not only has this been revealed to you by the Spirit, But this is my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm building my church on something that is unshakable. I'm building my kingdom on the church, and it is unshakable. The second thing I want to mention today is that this is not just a merger. Merger is what corporate organizations do. This is a marriage. It's a marriage. In fact, there's this beautiful scripture in Ephesians chapter 5 that talks about the mystery of the husband and wife relationship. And then Paul says this, he says, this is a mystery. This is a mystery. And then he says, I'm speaking about Christ and his church. Like this entire thing that has happened, I personally believe didn't begin just 15 months ago. I have this sneaky suspicion that God was carrying this in his heart, maybe even before Christy and I came to Colorado Springs, maybe before uh, these two churches were ever created or born into existence, that God was looking forward and saying, there's something about the unique DNA and the strategy and the purpose and the vision of these two people, and I'm going to bring them together, and they're better together than they are apart. And there's something beautiful and powerful that's going to happen in this city and around the world because of what is happening in the exponential impact of the kingdom moving forward together with these two people. And I say yes, and I say amen to that. Yesterday, I came over here. The building was completely empty. It was gorgeous, by the way. Martha, if you're here, you've just... You and your team have just done an amazing job transforming this space, as you always do. And... uh, I was just walking back and forth amongst all these rows and all these churches or all these uh, chairs, and I was praying, God, just let this atmosphere be charged with the power of the Holy Spirit. And as I was praying into this, there were three words that came to mind. The first word was gratitude. 
Guys, I just have so much gratitude. So many wonderful, well-meaning people have been asking me, how do you feel? How do you feel? And the deepest word that I can express right now is I just feel a lot of gratitude. Like my heart is so deeply humbled. Number one, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for this church. I'm grateful for the elders and the staff. I'm grateful for every person who serves on ministry crew. Guys, this morning, we have people that are with us that are part of this family. They've been with us over a decade that, 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 that canceled, they, uh, they shortened their vacation to come back for today's service. We have people that are in this service, you guys, that uh, this is show week for some of those that are part of Stars and Turning Point. And uh, they are tired, but they got here early this morning to hold signs and with faces full of joy and excitement to welcome and greet you. I'm so grateful for you guys. I'm so grateful for your hearts. You know, when I first brought this up a few months ago, there, there was just some understandable, natural resistance in the room. It was, a, it was a big idea. We didn't understand it at first. And you have taken a journey. You've taken a journey with me. And most importantly, you've taken a journey with the Lord. And guys, I'm just deeply, deeply grateful. I'm grateful for all of the staff at New Life that have helped make so much of this happen. You guys, there are people that have been working around the clock, productions and visuals and graphics and IT, and we've had numerous meetings. And, but, but not only have we been having meetings, but the staff at New Life have been having meetings with us. And they've been so kind. They've been so patient. And they've been so excited, you guys, when we go up to North, the atmosphere up there, every time any of our staff are meeting with anyone, it is nothing but pure expectation and excitement. And for that, I'm deeply grateful. I'm grateful for Pastor Brady and Pastor Andrew and Pastor Glenn and Daniel and all these guys that have prayed and discerned that this is something that God could be in and and they've helped make this happen. I'm so grateful for that. But you guys, most importantly, I'm grateful to the Lord because I do sense the favor and the smile. I sense the the, the covering and the protection. I, I sense that God has been in this all along the way and I think the best is yet to come. The second word that I have is blessing, blessing. You know, as I was praying into this, what dawned on me is that every one of us have a choice, that we have a choice how we're gonna move forward as a people. And you know, blessing and enthusiasm are choices that we have the opportunity by the will that God has given us to make. And we can move forward with hearts that are disgruntled. We can murmur, we can complain, we can be frustrated, we can get critical, or we can say we are going to choose to be people of blessing. I want to be a person of blessing. I want to be a person that even in the most frustrating and challenging situation in my life, that I'm going to release blessing into the environment, into the atmosphere, into the people that are around me. Let's be people of blessing. Let's bless New Life North. Let's bless East and let's bless Manitou. Let's just be people that bless what God has put in front of us. And the third word is expectation. Guys, I have an expectation. And I really sense that it's a spirit of faith and expectation. I don't know what's in front of us. I don't know what's ahead of us, but I know who my God is. And I know that any time that God leads his people into new ventures and to new landscapes and new territories and new opportunities, it always blows off the limitations that we have. In fact, I was praying this last week. There's this incredible verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. And it says this, it says, No eye has seen and no ear has heard. And it has not even entered into the mind of the human being what God has prepared for those who love him. Anybody love the Lord in this place today? So you're a prime candidate for God to do something that you can't even imagine. That your mind cannot even conceive what God has prepared for us who love him. The last thing I want to say this morning before I bring Pastor Lance up. We have a a special guest who's here with us this morning. He came and he said, Jade, I just want to be really low-key this morning. I said, Pastor Lance, I cannot have you here in the service and you not share anything. So I'm going to have Pastor Lance Cole share something. Jonathan, if you would just maybe clean off that mic and get that ready for him. Um, The church, I mentioned this earlier, the church is a spiritual entity. And here's what I want to say about this, you guys. This merger... This union, this marriage, this adoption, it is spiritual in nature. Now, we have been working very diligently to do all the things that I think that we should be doing to lead, to lead change, to pastor people. We put new, new, new uh, signage out there on the wall. By the way, that looks amazing, you guys, right? Now, we've been doing all the things in the natural. 
But you guys, if all we do are all the right things in the natural and we are not bathing and birthing this thing in prayer, it will not be sustained. All we will do is have changed signage and all we will have done is changed our name. But this union must be created and it must be birthed by prayer and by fasting and by a people that say, God, this is a spiritual work and we're going to birth and we're going to sustain this spiritual work by spiritual means. So Pastor Lance, would you come and just give us a greeting? And I would love if you would just pray and consecrate this work and consecrate this union to the Lord this morning. Would you give my friend Pastor Lance a hand? I think that needs to be turned on. Wow. Is it on? Oh, there you go. Okay. Good morning. Uh, I, ha- I am so honored to be able to say that this morning because this is such an exciting day and, and a byproduct of so much prayer and work uh, that I do believe, Pastor Jade, started a long, long time ago. Uh, God is sovereign and good. And his word says in Psalm 133:1, it is good and pleasant. When brethren, brothers, and sisters dwell together, live in unity. This is a union. That's right. And, and pastors Jade and Christy have been known and loved by some of our senior leadership for decades. This is not just a new relationship. And, and the respect that has, that has uh, existed between uh, our churches for, for many years has, has run deep. So this is just a culmination of a lot of the work of the Holy Spirit, and, 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 and I know as well, it can be awkward uh, if, if you know, you've not interacted much with, with New Life uh, and our other seven congregations uh, before, but you know what? Families can get to know each other, Man, that's and, right. and that's our heart, is just to experience the mutual benefit. It's, it's not like we're just... The, the, the longer existing church uh, and have all the answers. We can learn, and I believe we will, from so much of what Antioch has, has done in our city and, and the relationships that have been forged. And it's so evident that our values are so complementary. That's right. You know, to be spirit-filled, to value the work of the Holy Spirit of the living God, the one that conceived Jesus in the womb of a virgin, that held him on a cross, mm. that, 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 that when he was filled, when the, when the Spirit came upon him, he, he, went from, he went from that place and did his first miracle. That's right. So, so that was evidence to us that we need the Spirit of Amen. God. Even Jesus on, was showing yes. us that we need the Spirit of God. We need to be Spirit-filled. And then the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. And that same spirit lives in all of us. It is at work and we value his work in us, in our gatherings and in us as individuals and everywhere we go. You know, to to be sacramental and to value the table, the body, and the blood of Christ, to recognize uh, the broken body of Jesus when we eat the bread, and recognize his blood that was shed for us to wash us clean when we drink the juice. We have valued these things together as churches for years and years. And to be missional, to take what we've been given into our local community and around the world. And now we can pool our resources together to do that exponentially greater. This is amazing. And to share our values of building the kingdom of God over our own brand. We've never been about building a big institution. We're about building the kingdom of God. And, And relationships, that requires being together. And just like any family, you know, we get on each other's nerves once in a while. <laughs> but as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Yes. And now we can continue to sharpen each other and make Man. each other even better moving forward. That's right. You know, to be intentional in what we do in ministry, right. uh, stewarding our time, our talents, the gifts and talents, every one of us in this room, sovereignly knit together in our mother's wombs 
given gifts and talents. And now we can pool those gifts and talents together in a greater way because we're going to be working and serving together more closely and to steward our resources, our finances. Uh, all, all that, all that we have belongs to the Lord. He, he just asks us to trust him by giving back a small portion so that we can pool that together and see it change lives for eternity. And gener- being generous, generosity yes. is a, another one of our core values. Just to, you know, Pastor Brady, our senior pastor, just recently wrote a book called Extravagant. And, he, and it's about dangerous generosity. Mm. He says, dangerous generosity. Just to, to be so bold that we would believe everything we have belongs to the Lord. And it is intended to give to others, to build the kingdom. And, and we know the word says, if we're faithful in the little things, right. he'll make us ruler over That's more. Right. So we don't give and do just to get more, but if we will give and do as unto the Lord, yes. then all these other things will be added unto us. That's we right. will have more than enough. Amen. It'll be pressed down. It'll be shaken together. It'll be running, running over, over. Yes. as we serve together. And that running over, that anointing, will follow us as believers. And the word says, the world will know that we are Christians by our love for one another. And I believe this union is a manifestation of our love for one another and for the Lord. So let's just take a moment and Mm. thank God together. Heavenly Father, we are here before you today. Lord, and we are grateful. Yes, we, are. we are so grateful, God. Our hearts are full of gratitude for what you have done to bring us to this day. God, we thank you that you have blessed us to be a blessing. And together we will be able to bless others yes, even God. more. And in that, Father, we are expectant. We are expectant. God, of what only you can do, far beyond what we can do. Holy Spirit, we thank you for filling us afresh and anew with your power and your presence today. And God, we ask, as Pastor Christie said, let your kingdom come and your will be done in our lives, in our church, in New Life Church as a whole and in New Life Midtown. Lord, as a special anointed body of believers here in this city, carrying on the work that you so faithfully began many years ago. And may it result in glory and honor and and praise praise to you you, and you alone. Yes, oh God. In Jesus' Jesus name. name. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, those of you guys who do not know Pastor Lance Colds, you will. He's been a part of New Life for 35 years. And all I have to say is if, there, if, if, if someone has faithfully remained planted uh, in a place for that long, there's, there's something that they have purchased. There is a weight right. and an authority and a gravitas that they carry. And Pastor Lance, I'm just so grateful for your faithfulness to Jesus and your faithfulness to this city as it's been walked out and your faithfulness to New Life all these years. Thank you so much, sir. This man has been so, uh, so encouraging, too, and for that I'm very grateful. Well, guys, as excited as I am about what God is doing here at Midtown, I'm even more excited about the fact that today's Palm Sunday, which means we're entering into Holy Week. This is going to be a, a very, very good opportunity for every single one of us to just go deeper into our relationship with Jesus, to, uh, to walk with him as he walked uh, to the cross to carry the burden of uh, our sin away from us and to die on our behalf and to be resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bibles today, I want to invite you to turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 11. I'm sorry, the book of Luke chapter 19. I don't know where I got 11 at. Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. And we are going to read the Palm Sunday passage from the Gospel of Luke beginning in verse 28 of Luke chapter 19. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And as he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, 
He sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Say, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? And they replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus. They threw their cloaks on the colt and they put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. What a powerful statement. The entire crowd of disciples began to joyfully praise God in loud voices for all of the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. But some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, you need to rebuke your disciples. Jesus replied, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Verse 41, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you. And they will encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. This is the word of the Lord. Father, today we pray that as we enter in to the truth of your scriptures, as we enter in to the life of Jesus, to this prophetic moment in the life and in the ministry and the journey of Jesus where we entered into Jerusalem. God, I'm asking you today that by the power and the presence and the ministry of your Holy Spirit that you would speak to every single one of us in a new way, that you would speak to us in a peculiar way, that you would speak to each and every one of us uniquely and distinctly this morning. Father, we believe that Amidst all of the wonderful things that we're celebrating today, we believe that you have planned an encounter right now, that there is an encounter with the living God that you have preordained and you have coordinated for today, for this moment. For those who have gathered in person and those that are joining us online, God, I'm praying for an encounter with the living God. I'm praying for the word of God to explode in our heart afresh and anew. I'm praying that you would call us again to Jesus, that you would call us to be followers of the King. And I'm praying today, God, that, at, that as in the same way that Jesus wept over Jerusalem, that you would lift up our eyes and that we would have eyes to see the city that you have planted us in and the work to which you have called us in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I've got two very simple thoughts in this short message related to Palm Sunday this morning, there are so many things that could be covered. So many amazing little hidden gems and jewels in this uh, Palm Sunday passage. But I want to turn our eyes to the uniqueness that the gospel writer Luke brings because none of the other gospel writers bring this short little passage that talks about Jesus weeping over Jerusalem. And the two thoughts I want to bring to you very quickly this morning are number one is that God loves your city. God loves your city. God loves our city. Many of you know my story. Pastor Christy and I moved here almost 17 years ago. It'd be 17 years this August. And our first several years here were very difficult and we despised the city. We did not like Colorado Springs. I liked getting out of Colorado Springs. I appreciated Denver and Boulder and Estes Park and Steamboat Springs and anywhere but Colorado Springs. And in 2009, when our previous senior pastor came to us and he put something in our lap for us to pray and to think about, it was for us to step into the senior leadership position here at Antioch Church, which was previously Freedom Church, which is now New Life Midtown Church. And we prayed and we fasted and we said, God, if this is something you're inviting us into, would you make this very clear? 
And when we said yes to this assignment, something transformed in our heart. There was something, there was a posture in our heart towards this city that was out of alignment with the posture of God's heart for this city. And in the moment we said yes to this assignment, there was a love that began to flow into our hearts. I began to see city streets differently. I began to see intersections differently. I began to see the ministries in this city differently. And the confession of my mouth began to be not only, I despise this city, I can't wait to get out of here. God, when you're going to send us to California, the confession out of my mouth was, God, I pray that my children can be planted in this city. I've got amazing brothers and sisters-in-laws in in the city, nieces and nephews. My in-laws are in the city, Chrissy's mom and dad. And I said, God, I want to plant my children in this city. And Lord, I want you to bury me in this city. It's something transformed in my heart when I began to catch God's heart for the city, it's not a forsaken city. It's not a despised city. I was going through a tough situation. But when I transfigured my gaze from my situation to God's vision for this city, there was something that happened. And I want to share with you this morning that God loves Colorado Springs. He doesn't just love Colorado Springs. He loves every city on the planet, but this just so happens to be the place that God has planted you and me. Even if you're here in the city for a short time. I grew up as an army brat. I moved from city to city every two years. In fact, there was probably something inside of me that when I moved here and I hit that two-year mark, I was like, I'm ready to leave. It's time to go. But even if you find yourself in a transient situation in life, I want you to know that God has an assignment for you here in this city. There is a reason why you are here in this city. Guys, when in the past couple of weeks, we've heard some very, very tragic news that has taken place in Boulder as well as in Atlanta. And I don't know what happens in you, but I immediately begin to think, man, that owner of that King Supers, life will never be the same. The people that work at that grocery store, life will never be the same for that community. In fact, I don't know about you, but the very next day that I heard about it, when I went to go shop at my local King Supers, I could not help but wonder what must have it felt like for the people that were just doing a normal grocery store run that day, right? And then I think about the pastors in that community who have laid down their lives to help pastor people through pain and help lead and guide people through the difficult scenarios and seasons of their life. I think about the business owners of that community. I think about those that are in Atlanta. We have a friend of ours who's living in Atlanta right now. She just moved there three months ago. And and she said, Pastor Jade, you can't even imagine what's happening in the Asian community. She says, I live just five minutes from where all these things took place. God has a heart for local communities. God cares about what happens in local communities. Every institutional fabric that makes up local communities, God cares about. You know, in Boulder, there was a police officer who laid down his life in service and sacrifice and honor and in duty to protect and to serve that community. That man has left a family behind and God cares about that family because God cares about what happens in local communities. He cares about what's happening in our schools, elementary schools, high schools, junior high schools. He cares about our development. He cares about our progress. He cares about people that don't have homes to sleep in at night because God cares about our local communities. There's a verse in 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2, if you'll turn there with me, verses 1 through 4, and I want to read this to help just galvanize deep into your heart the love that God has for the people in our community. First Timothy chapter two, verse one says, I urge then first of all that petitions and prayers and intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings, governors, mayors, city council members, county commissioners. Pray for those that carry a measure of authority for the organization, the coordination, and the leadership of what takes place in your communities. Pray for our superintendents of our schools. Pray for our police officers and our police chiefs. Pray for them because God cares what happens in our cities. 
and pray for those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives and all godliness and all holiness. Verse three, this is good. This is a good thing to do. And it pleases God, our savior. And here's the kicker. Here's why. Because God wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. God wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Several weeks ago, as I was praying and preparing and planning and thinking about this particular day, I think there's something very unique about the new name that we've received. I think it's not coincidental. It's not an accident that we have been grafted into a family that has a congregational parish model of church planting. We have a family of believers that are located in downtown and they are called, they are assigned prophetically by God and the Holy Spirit. This is your domain. This is your geographical territory. Care about what happens in New Life downtown, Pastor Glenn Pacquiam. Pastor Andrew Arndt is out on the east side where our city is moving and exploding in the direction of the east. And there is a man and there is a people, there is a family that have been called. We have been called here in the center of our city. And in fact, in the 17 years that Pastor Christian and I have been here, we have been called to the center of the city. We started off right across the street, right next to the Harmony Bowl uh, and Academy Carpet. We were sandwiched right between those two, right on the other side of Awesome Bluffs and Academy. When we moved in 2010, God positioned us at CSCS, which is just a mile and a half down the road, still at Midtown. When we began looking for a space to call our own, God opened up this building to us, right back, so it would seem, where we started. And then I have to look and I have to thank God, are there unfinished assignments? You know, we have teams of people that would walk these streets and pray. We pray for those apartment complexes behind us. Um, we, we would pray for this intersection. Oh God, the people that travel north and south and east and west right here at this intersection. And God plants us right in the center of our city again. And I just have to say, God, why? What is it that you're up to? What is it that you're doing? And a few weeks ago, as I was traveling south, I had a meeting at Platt and Academy. And as I was driving back, I passed these apartment complexes and I realized I don't know the name of one of these apartment complexes. And then a few days later, as I was driving on Vantelligen, you know, over here on Vantelligen, there are dozens of apartment complexes. And I realized I don't know the name of any of those apartment complexes. And then one morning as I was coming from north and I was driving southbound an Academy and I just noticed from Union towards Austin Bluffs, you can see even on the fence posts of neighborhoods, you can see the quality and the condition of the fence posts begin to deteriorate somewhat. And I began lifting up my eyes and I began noticing all of the bus stops along Academy. I began noticing all the businesses that are along Academy, some great businesses, some not so great businesses right here at the intersection of Austin Bluffs and Academy. And I felt like the Lord was saying, son, we've got work to do. I have called you here. I have called New Life Midtown here in the center of the city because I need an outpost. I need a people that will care about those people that are on the bus stops. I need a people that will care about the people that are going into the pot shops. I need a people that will care about the condition of fence posts that are deteriorating. I need a people that will care about the single moms that are inhabiting these apartment complexes all around us. God cares about our city. The second thought that I have for us on this Palm Sunday is very simply is that we've been planted in the city for the sake of the city. Of all the places that you could find yourselves, Scripture tells us very clearly in Acts that God has positioned sovereignly where you live. He positioned where you were born and he positioned where you migrated and he positioned where you ended up. It is not an accident that you were in Colorado Springs. It's not an accident that you carry the burdens that you carry. It's not an accident that you frequent the vocational uh, arenas that you frequent. Some of you guys are in the military. Some of you guys are business people. Some of you guys are authors and writers and thinkers. Some of you guys frequent certain coffee shops. These things are not coincidental, you guys. 
Because God has planted us in this city for the sake of the city, for the flourishing of the city. I want to call your attention back to when Jesus comes into Jerusalem. Here's the irony of the moment. The irony of the moment is the name Jerusalem means the city of peace. That's what Jerusalem, that's what it's titled. That's the meaning of Jerusalem. The city of Shalom, Salem, Shalom, the city of peace. And Jesus lifts up his eyes. And as he's looking at the spiritual condition of the city, and by the way, he's always looking at the spiritual condition of the city. And he looks at the spiritual condition of the city and his heart begins to burst. The word there where it says, and Jesus began to weep could better be translated. Jesus began to wail and sob. That's the actual implication in the original language. That it wasn't just a cute tear that strolled down his cheek. He lifted up his eyes. And as he began to look at the future of the city of peace, he realized you don't even have eyes to recognize what it is to make your name a reality. You don't even have discernment to recognize when your visitation has come to you. You don't even have eyes to recognize what your true spiritual state is. And at that, he realized that judgment is coming to you. What Jesus prophesied here and what stood out to me, guys, (laughs) what stood out to me so profoundly is when Jesus said, those of you and your children, your children will die within your walls because you have rejected me. See, the choices that we make for Christ or against Christ will affect generations. They'll affect kids that today are inhabiting preschools and kindergartens. The decisions that we make for or against Christ have very real consequences. You know, earlier in my preaching days, um, it would have been really easy to take passages like this and talk about the consequences of rejecting Christ from an eternal standpoint. But I think what has become a little bit more real to me, maybe it's because I have kids, maybe because I've grown up a little bit, maybe because I'm just a little bit more astute theologically, but I realize this, that our rejection of Christ does not just have eternal consequence. Like if, like if, if, if we don't care about the eternal condition of souls, that's one thing. Let's just bracket that off. Can we care about the here and now condition of people's lives? Can we care now about if people don't experience life in the kingdom, what that means for their marriages, what that means for their children, what that means for their security, what that means for our prison systems, what that means for... Can we care now about... What does this mean for the people that we walk the streets with in our community if they reject Christ? If they don't have eyes to recognize what brings them peace? And the thing that I want to turn our attention to very simply is this, you guys. In the same way that Jesus lamented, in the same way that he broke into intercession while there was a praise party going on behind him, Right, right right, in the middle of a praise party, Jesus is looking at the spiritual condition of the city and he bursts into a moment of intercession. He bursts into grief and lament because he carries the condition of our cities deep in his bones. And I just believe that on this Palm Sunday and on this day where we become a church that is planted by our name, a church that is established by our very identity. Friends, in the next several weeks, in the next several months to come, I want us to lift up our eyes. I want us to know the names of the apartment complexes that are around us. I want us to know the names of the people that work in the businesses that surround us. I want us to raise up prayer teams that begin walking the streets again. I want us to lift up our eyes to see the physical and the spiritual condition of the place that God has planted us in and say, God, would you anoint us afresh for our assignment to the center of this city? Jonathan, would you come up this morning? Just so you know what kind of prayers your pastor's praying, I've been praying some dangerous prayers. And I've been praying that God would grow this church not by transfer growth. I've been praying that God would grow this church with people that are making first-time decisions for Christ. 
I've been praying that. I, I have like, it's, it's like a renewed fire in my bones. The New Testament church is a missionally growing church. The scripture says that the Lord added daily to their numbers those that were being saved. And in this house, there are, I'm just looking at your eyes. I'm looking at your stories. There are some of you guys, you are spiritual fathers and mothers. You are big brothers and big sisters, your aunts and your uncles. You have so much history in God. And there's going to be a crop of babies that are going to need you. There's going to be a crop of babies that are going to need you. Babies in the spirit. Guys that don't know how to balance their checkbooks. Women that don't know how to raise a, a, a group of kids in their home. People that don't know what it means to read their Bible. I'm reminded of that story. Remember that story in Acts chapter 8 where there was this Ethiopian eunuch and he's riding by in his carriage and he's reading the scriptures and the Holy Spirit nudges Philip to come up next to the chariot. And he says, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian eunuch says, how can I understand unless someone explains this to me? I'm going to need a house full of people that can explain the scriptures. I'm going to need a house full of people that will meet somebody in a Walmart parking lot at midnight and hold their marriage together. I'm going to need a church full of moms that say, let me be a godmother to you, sweetie. Because I am prophesying today and I am declaring today that God put us in this city for a mission. And it's time to get to work. We've got work to do, friends. And the reason I know that we've got work to do is because this city has not reached its flourishing destiny in God yet. God has put us here to bring the kingdom of God to help this city flourish. And I'm just saying, God, here we are. Send us. Father, today, right now, we recommit ourselves to you and we recommit ourselves to your work. Father, I know that every time we gather together, There's an opportunity for encounter, and I'm so grateful for encounters, God. I'm so grateful for the moments that we get to meet with you and our lives in a moment are just radically impacted. But I know that every time we get together, not only is there an opportunity for encounter, there's an opportunity for formation. There's an opportunity for us to grow into the image of Jesus, and I'm so grateful for that, but God, what burns in my bones is that every time we gather together, there is a mission that is at hand. The missio Dei, the mission of God in the earth, the assignment, the commissioning, marching orders to go to the very territory of the gates of hell and to rescue lives. Father, today I pray that you would re-anoint us and that you would remantle us and that you would recommission us for our assignment as New Life Midtown. Called to the center of the city for the sake of the city. We pray for the flourishing of these neighborhoods. We pray for the flourishing of the marriages and the families that are in these apartment complexes all around us. God, we pray that wicked and corrupt businesses would be shut down. We pray, God, that good businesses would be erected and that they would flourish. Father, we pray right now for the sake of this geographical space from one to two to three miles northeast, south, and west. For those, Father God, that are traveling on bus day in and day out, God, I pray. I pray for workers and laborers. I pray for bus ministries, Father God. I pray for believers to frequent these bus stops and to engage in spiritual conversations. I pray, Father God, for a a new army of prayer walking teams that, that walk up and down these streets here at the center of this city. Father, I pray for Doherty and I pray for Helen Keller and I pray for Grant and I pray for all of the schools that are around this geographical space for them to experience the flourishing of the kingdom of God. We pray this today in the name of Jesus. Friends, would you stand together with me as we approach the table of the Lord? And I want to approach the table with a missional posture. I want to approach the table of the Lord. And today, I want us to receive the body of Jesus broken for us and the blood of Jesus, not just for our lives. This is for you, yes. But today, I want us to receive this for someone that you know who doesn't know Christ. And if you don't know someone by name, then you just speak generally and generically and pray that God would put you 
into the path of someone that doesn't know Jesus. So today we're going to take the table on behalf of our city. And I want to invite you, you can exit here on the left. You can come up and you can receive these prepackaged elements. Come back to your table. We will all pray over these together. And we're going to pray for our city as we take this. Come forward and receive the elements. new faces in the house this morning. So good to have all of you with us. And as I'm looking out across this crowd, it might just so happen that you might be here and not have a clue what we're talking about. It might just so be that if you're joining us online right now in this very moment, I want to make this very personal to you. Because it's one thing for us to say that Jesus loves cities, but he loves cities because he loves the individuals that make up those cities. And as we opened up this passage here this morning in Luke chapter 19, Jesus was going to Jerusalem and he was going on an assignment. His assignment as the son of the living God was to go and to lay down his life, to die. As an innocent man, he was sent to Jerusalem to be crucified for the sins of the world. That includes your sins and mine. That includes the mistakes that we made willfully and the mistakes that we made ignorantly. But most importantly, he died because there's something deep inside of the human race. It's called sin. That sin is a willful disobedience against the character, the nature, and the desires of God. And so God sent his one and only son on an assignment of obedience to come and not only preach that the good news of the gospel of the kingdom, but to lay down his life so that that good news can become a reality. And when Jesus died, friend, the scripture says that he took upon himself the sins of the world. So the consequences of your sin, which are guilt and fear and shame, and the, and the reaction of your sin, which is pride and lust and anger and hostility and violence and all these things that run deep in our bones, Jesus took that upon himself and he destroyed it. He destroyed the power of sin. The Spirit of God raised him from the dead. And this is the good news of the gospel that we believe and that we proclaim. It's the good news that shapes us, that the resurrection of Jesus is available for you today. And then he makes this invitation and he says, come and join my family. Come and join me in my work to love cities, to love neighbors, to love enemies to love strangers, to love foreigners, to love refugees, to love people that are not like you and to do it in my name. And in so doing, you will see the kingdom of God come to people's lives. And friend, this is as easily as you saying, God, I want to know you. Forgive me for the way I've lived my life and welcome me into your family. It's just as easy as praying that prayer. And I wanna invite you as we come right now to the table of the Lord, this table represents the body of Christ broken for us. And it represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for your sins and the sins of our city and the sins of the world. So Jesus, today, as we take this wafer, this piece of bread in our hands, we break it, we crush it right now, symbolizing you being crushed for us. And for those online or those in person, who are responding to you today for the very first time, God, I pray grace to hear and understand the gospel and grace to receive the effect of your body crushed for us. But we also pray this right now for this city. We pray, oh God, that the body of Christ that was broken for us would become a revelation and a reality for our neighbors and our friends. 
in the middle of Colorado Springs. Let us take the body of Christ and eat. And this cup, which represents the blood of Jesus, a sinless, perfect blood, a human blood and a divine blood, a blood that was shed for us, a blood that will wash away all of our sin and cleanse our minds of our guilt and our shame. Jesus, today we receive that deeply for ourselves and we also receive this and we pray prophetically right now that the blood of Jesus would become a revelation, a reality to our neighbors, strangers, and friends here in the center of the city. And we plead the blood of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus right now over all the churches and the schools, all over all the homes and the streets. God, we plead the blood of Jesus. Be made known in Jesus' name. Let us receive of the cup. And we thank you for it today. Thank you for your work, Jesus. Thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for what you have done and thank you for what you are doing now by the ministry and the presence of your Holy Spirit and thank you for what you will do as you lead us into the mission of God in the world. In Christ's name, Jonathan, let's sing a song of thanksgiving. Praise God from whom all Blessings flow. Bless you, God. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and resurrection Jesus showed up to his disciples and he says in the same way that God sent me he says I'm sending you so today as the church of Jesus we send you we send you to your neighborhoods we send you to dinner tables and coffee shops we send you to classrooms and we send you to the places that you inhabit vocationally you are not there by accident you are sent commissioned by the authority and by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray for spiritual conversations and I pray for divine appointments and I pray for the increase of the anointing to be upon you, favor and grace on you to bring the kingdom everywhere you go. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.